Studios of TLC Talk Radio. Welcome to another edition of Tasha Talks. I'm your girl, Tasha, and we have another great show lined up for you today. Be sure to follow and like us on all social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and of course, YouTube at Tasha Talks with a Z. And catch us every day on TLCTalkRadio.com. We are back with part three of our conversation. This could go on indefinitely. Like, this just might be... Tasha talks with Michael and Aisha uh, (laughs) (laughs) about the state of the black relationship and what it is that black men and women want and need from each other. And we've traced all the way back to uh, accountability. We talked about, you know, the interaction between um, black men and black women. When we left off last week, we were talking about the differences between a woman loving her son and raising her daughter. And Michael, you were making a point. Can you recap that point? (laughs) (laughs) I know it was a whole week ago. I'll do what I can. (laughs) (laughs) So it just, I I just didn't want us to, while that may be a truism, Mm -hmm. I think it's important to understand the context that the black woman is in. Sure. Um, everyone likes to quote Malcolm when he says that the black woman is the most unprotected uh, woman or whatever the quote is. Um, Nonetheless, there's context to everything. And I think that it's important that we understand that if you are a woman that feels so unprotected and you've seen the horrors, I think it is what it is. Epigenetics, they talk about how trauma is passed on through the genes. So what are we really experiencing? What are we feeling? So I think when we look at the way that a mother may just be loving her son and not rearing him, I think we have to look at it through that lens. We have to look at it in the context of what she has endured, what she not only has seen historically, but what, we, what are we seeing today? When you can be a card-carrying, concealed carry, and you identify and and follow all of the necessary protocols of concealed carry, and you still end up slaughtered. That's the fear. I had a sister tell me that when her brother, which is younger, who is younger than she is, would come home or would go out once he turned 18, that her and her sister would always wait up with bated breath for him to get home because they know what it's like for black men in this country. Sure, It's like we're, we're constantly walking with a guillotine over our necks. Mm-hmm. And at any moment, it's bound to drop. Sure, sure. So that's kind of, I think, uh, I think, important to to understand the why uh, that may be when women are some would say coddling men and not raising them um, and I think I think we just have to be honest I'm not here to cast aspersions on anyone sure I just invite us all to take a a good look at ourselves let's be honest if we can't be honest with ourselves then every other relationship that you're having is absolutely a falsehood the prophet Teddy Pendergrass told us that you can't hide from yourself. <laughs> I like that song. I Everywhere you go, House there you are. Come on. Mm. The nice track behind it. Mm. 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 Right. Mm. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> 
Somebody yes. wants to go dancing. Yes, we'll, Lord. We'll cover that later. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's it's really important. Aisha, did you have some additional thoughts on that truism? Molly thought is. Um, I believe the majority of us know why the black mom is like that. But how do we get the black mom to change? Yeah. How, well, that, how does that's it shift? The key. How do we get that change to happen? Does it come from the son? Does the son wake up one day and talk to his mom and let him know something that her know some things? Or is it because the black father may not be there to reinforce that stuff? That balance is key. Yeah. Yes. That balance is key. And the when I say black father it doesn't have to be the father in the household. It could be an uncle. It could be a neighbor. It could be. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. A lot of, um, you know, I grew up with nothing but teachers. And a lot of the male students would always draw towards the male teachers, which is very few and far between. As you know, Tasha, you're a teacher. Mm, absolutely. It's hard. It's hard when there's not a lot of black men that are willing to step up. And like you said earlier in last week's show, and even say hello to their neighbors. Yeah. So both of you brought up a word, um, balance. I like words. I like to look them up. I want a deeper understanding of words. So when you say balance, what are we looking for? What do we want from balance? Balance means that there's stability. Well, if a sperm and an egg makes a child and then only the estrogen is present to rear the child, then I think there's some a lack of stability, a lack of equi equilibrium and mm -hmm. st there's steadiness. Some deficiencies. Absolutely. So we want when we want balance, that's absolutely necessary in the cultivation of a balanced child. Our minds need to be balanced, and injustice imbalances the, imbalances the mind. So if we're living in an unjust world, and we are, and then we're coming coming from a home that's imbalanced, there's all we are we are striking out like real before we even walk up to the plate. We are already at two and a half strikes. So we have to make sure we have to do the things that we need to do to ensure or to have more protective factors for our children, male, female, and for one another. So you, you ask the question, how do we remedy that? Well, I think the remedy is in us as men, ensuring that we make environments, irrespective to, like you said, whether it's the biological father. We have to produce environments that are safe for little girls to grow up unharmed. We don't want them feeling like the man in the van or the man in the confessional booth, oh, pardon me, uh, is around the corner. Oh. We don't <laughs> want that. We, Our children, both male and female, need to be able to grow up in an environment where they are safe and they can grow up to be whole and wholesome. And when they are not given that environment or someone encroaches on the cultivation or the natural evolution of the process of them growing into a young man or a woman, there should be a price for that. A heavy price. Well, I think some of the price is happening right now with the, the black relationships. I can speak for myself. I come across a lot of men that want the woman to take care of them. Just because it appears that I'm in a better situation than you, 
people automatically assume men automatically assume hey this woman right here can take care of me i'm not your mama (laughs) at 40 plus heck at 20 your mama shouldn't be taking care of you anymore you should have the skills to take care of yourself and that goes back to what you said earlier about being ill-equipped there you go and not cultivating see that's that's a man that has not taken charge of his post our temple is our body so i want to be able to consume everything that will edify me mentally physically spiritually morally and economically and that's important but we and in order to do that not but i don't want to say but so in order for us to do that we must learn how to work cooperatively sure Mm -hmm. and i think there's a lot of humbling that all of us can take when we approach one another. I I had the um, privilege of hearing someone say that I've never met a human being in whom I have not met my superior. What would happen if we approached each other from that standpoint? Tasha has skill sets that I absolutely do not have. And I absolutely have skill sets that she does not have. And she is absolutely my superior in circumstances, and I am absolutely her superior in circumstances. Now, when she takes her superiority over me and serves my deficits, then we both grow. When I take my superiority over her and serve her area of opportunity, then we both grow. And I think that's an approach that we should begin to use in our community. I feel like I should run upstairs and write a check for the offering or something. You do cash Amen. app vibes or something. Hallelujah, cash apps. <laughs> I mean, but, but that's key. And I think, unfortunately, what you're seeing now, you can see it on social media. Yes. Mm. You see a lot of, you know, why are you angry? You know, why if we go back to do we were laughing at earlier in the week, oh. he hit up and you know, he, he disparaged the black man and the black woman. I was yes. like, mm-hmm. Do you have a mirror, sir? Yeah. Like <laughs> his network of people were just not good. We and we just talked played about Michael Jackson for a man in a mirror. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that exactly that. So everything you dislike about the people around you, you've attracted. I always say to people when you are angry, when you are whatever what was your role in it? That personal accountability. Yes. Or, yes. or, ladies and gentlemen, if you say these men or these women, well, guess what, sweetie? You're the common denominator, and you chose them. So if he had 12 kids that he wasn't taking care of. I know someone you like had, that. Oh. All right, then. <laughs> and you had baby 13. I know someone like that. Oh. Excuse me. How then... Are you angry at him? Be angry at him because he was a poor dad to the 12. But please be mad at you because you made a 13. Well, you know, everybody thinks they're different. Yes. Yes. Listen, ladies, it's a hole. If Mm -hmm. that's all he after, it's a hole. He's obviously not after substance. (laughs) If he's fathering 18 million babies. I'm not talking about somebody who had us who was married a couple times and their wife died or divorced. And I'm that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Joe Blow out here who is clowning, you know. And na- you mad? What you mad at? What you 
Right. If they didn't take care of baby one, baby two, three, four, five, I don't six. know how all the mother ones got here. I'm confused because the woman always thinks they're different, yeah. which you might be different. However, he if you same. see he's not hey. taking care of his kids. <laughs> Say that exactly. again, Tasha. He the same. He, until he grows and changes to be someone different, mm-hmm. he is still thinking with the head below. And not thinking very well about that either. Because if you were really thinking, then you wouldn't have all these kids you can't afford. That right there. And not only can't afford, because this is not just financial. Yes. But you can't You even, cannot guide them. Right. You can't afford to be there for them no. emotionally, Mm-mm. spiritually. And how are you going to raise them? Physically. How are you going to uh, video chat? Thank God for video chat. Video chat wasn't always around, though. Right. And then that's not the same thing as a hug from your dad. No, it's not. A hug from your mom. No. So, no. yeah. We both, the mother and the father, needs to take accountability and realize what they're doing to ruin the children. I like that. I like that we are discussing the mirror. I think all too often, and while I'm certainly a staunch proponent of knowing the history of what has been done to us. Sure. But it is most empowering when we can say, ah, this is what has happened to me. Yet, I am now aware of what happened, how it happened, why it happened, and why it is persisting. So now that I know these things, I'm empowered to now make changes. I'm now empowered to use the force and power of my being to overcome and not fall into the traps that I know are laid for me and those like me. And I think that's where we are making gross mistakes, where we just don't want to look in the mirror. Yes, We have a history with the dominant society. We understand that. We also have a history with ourselves. We have a lot that we could do to change our environments. I'm less concerned with anyone outside of our community because I don't enter. I may interact with them at work or if I choose to go here or there. But usually when I get up and walk the streets, I see people that look like me or a little lighter because Jose lived next door. You know what? Oh, excuse me. (laughs) I posted something the other day that says you are responsible for how long um, you allow something that hurt you haunt you. Come on. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Teach Um. on Casper. (laughs) Hilarious. (laughs) I'll tell you a side journey about how I love Casper the Friendly Ghost. Uh Oh. And I appreciate how he was treated. Hallelujah. But... (laughs) (laughs) um, But that's important. You have to look in the mirror. And so a lot of times we talked earlier about accountability and how when our friends say something, in my words, dumb as hell, we we check them. But typically what happens? That person is mad at you. What they're really mad at, though, is the reflection you're holding up. Absolutely. You've shown this mirror. They don't like it. And so but it's too painful to look in in the mirror. So I'm going to look past the mirror at Aisha, and how dare you hold it? And you must think you're better than me. Mm. What's wrong with you? Are, are you in my life? Girl. You know, that actually happened to me a couple times. Aye. And I'm just like, mm, so most people what can I do? Try to, because if I love you and you're my friend, 
and I watch you walk in front of a bus and I don't say nothing. Did I really care about you? At all. Some people don't understand that love. Mm-hmm. When I say something to my friends, it's coming from love. Mm-hmm. They don't understand that because no one else talks to them the way I do. Mm-hmm. If I didn't say anything, if I didn't stop you, then I'd be a bad friend. I'm going to make a huge digression. Oh, digress away. This reminds me what the both of you have just stated reminds me of the critiques that Tavis Smiley and Cornell West were giving to or of Barack Obama and his presidency. While many of us were giving him passes that we would not have given to a Caucasian. Mm-hmm. And I think it is just what you said, that type of critical assessment that we must give to one another. I worked at a school and I was engaging a parent and she was, you know, sounded educated like she at least finished third grade. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. She definitely was. The views and opinions (laughs) expressed, not necessarily those of TLC Talk Radio. She definitely was. um, She was well-spoken, presented physically well in terms of appearance, dress. I didn't smell, you know, the nice stuff we usually smell and, you know, those herbs that people like to inhale. I didn't smell any of that. She was a, and she articulated herself absolutely well. And then she said, if she come in here talking to me, I'm going to, I said, you're going to sit there and you're going to listen and you're going to respond intelligently to her just like you have been doing with me. I think that we have, there used to be a saying that we are lowering the bar. We've thrown the bar out in the <laughs> black community. The bar is there bar. is no bar. Right. It's gone. It's on the side of a milk carton. Have yes, it is. Me? Have you seen? Absolutely. <laughs> Please call 1-800-BLACK-PEOPLE. We definitely need the bar back. And I think that that's just very important that we can lovingly critique one another. But I also think that there's a manner a science. It, it reminds me of those who travel, if you will. You raise people by degrees. So I can't come to you in the dead of night, our ignorance or lack of awareness, pardon me, and give them and shine the full high noon sun on them about their behavior. I have to be intelligent if I want them to be receptive. Mm -hmm. So I may only be able to use a one light bulb. I may only be able to give them a little bit of what's wrong with them. I don't want to absolutely and totally undress them, but I want to be able to share things with them in a manner that invites them to take a self-assessment and then the light goes on within them. I was and about then to say when that. that light goes on, then they can see for themselves because every person is a light bulb in and of themselves. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, you know, because it's preferably, then they begin to recognize some things without you having had said anything. They'll come back to you as the mentor and go, Absolutely. you know what? I ain't do that right. I'm going to fix this. That's right. <laughs> you know, that's that's the goal. 
That's right. I like the saying. I heard a saying. Oh, yeah, I'm always hearing stuff and reading stuff. But look towards the leader within. When we all begin to take on this cultivation of our property, our attributes, our characteristic, our characteristics and, and morals that belong to us and that are gifts to us, then when we do that, that is part of the process of cultivating the leader within. And when we do that, every neighbor I meet is a leader. And then I can look to that neighbor for some counsel. I can look to that to that sister or brother and know and trust that what they give me would be what they would give to themselves and what they give to themselves and that they utilize for themselves to help them meet and overcome the obstacles of their life. That's absolutely what we should do. Yeah, I agree with that. It's We're both in education, and, and Aisha, you know and grew up with educators, and I always say to my kids, because they'll say, oh, I was being bad today, or I'm, I'm bad sometimes. No, you're not bad. You might be making some poor decisions, sometimes incredibly poor. <laughs> <laughs> Don't but, talk about me like that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you inherently are not bad, and so I want you to throw that out of your vocabulary. Absolutely. Even when you drive me bananas. Now, my babies are graduating. I teach eighth grade. They get on my nerves. But I love each and every last one of them. And I see that, and I saw it even, even if I'm going off on them and making them, you know, sit in my doorway because you can't sit that close to me because you talk too much. You know, whatever that looks like, I'm still giving them the affirmations they need that they may very well not be getting from anywhere else. Absolutely. And I think that's critical is that every time that we have an opportunity to engage our little people, I think we should. Our desire and aim should be to make the most impactful that moment, the most impactful moment that we can. We want to make sure that they leave us better than they came to us mm -hmm. in every instance, whether it's a smile, whether it's a laugh, whether it's simply knowing, man, you have some beautiful chocolate skin. Your hair is absolutely gorgeous, mm -hmm. but it's nappy. No, it's curly to me. That looks like some real tight curls. I look, looks good to me. Yeah. I appreciate you. The sum and in the fullness of you. And I think we have to be able to do that, to engage one another and know that, yes, we can offer correction, but we can offer correction lovingly. Did you see Michael Jackson's This Is It? This Is It. Oh, no, not me. No, I didn't. I did see it. Did you, you hear Mike mm -hmm. lovingly checking everybody? <laughs> baby he was checking him <laughs> chewing that gum <laughs> right i can only imagine <laughs> like to be sitting in the presence of somebody like michael jackson and he's telling you that you're playing something wrong or you missed that note or you didn't come in when i i remember him saying i've got to cue that and y'all according to you know reports he was high so he was still so polished high <laughs> imagine if he wasn't now they're saying allegedly of course. <laughs> now, you know, that's why I said according to reports. Right. I, mean, I wasn't there. I love you, Mike. Thank you. <laughs> now you, Michael. Okay. <laughs> Pew in my basement. I'm going to just tell you I'm leaving. <laughs> I don't do that. I don't fool with Thriller. None of that. Uh, <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> but my point is, 
he was so kind. He was succinctly clear. Absolutely. <laughs> Y'all effing up. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was part of his upbringing as well. Yeah. And the way that he was talked to, he didn't want to talk to exactly. other people like that. Exactly. So he saw that in himself decades ago and was like, no, I'm not going to yell and scream like my dad did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That ain't allegedly. That's a fact. Right. <laughs> Isn't that something how some individuals can take adversity and then they'll look at it and say, I'm not going to be that. And then you may have another sibling in the house that fully embraces that negative or adverse behavior and amplifies it. So mm-hmm. it may have been a serpent with the dad and becomes a full-blown dragon in another person. Some of us are just not good observational learners. Yeah, some people, they have to or run over by the truck. Or they thought that it was better to be like that. Yeah. This could be they true. may have forgotten how it made them feel. They looked at the yes. results. There you go. They yes. forgot about the empathy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Or didn't think it was as important as the results. That's mm-hmm. right. You know, that's... That's a lot. That's a that's a lot to deal with. Um, we have about four more minutes. Any additional thoughts both of you want to share? On any particular point? Um, sure. How would we wrap this show effectively? Let's wrap it with a bow, a red bow. All right, I'm listening. Bam. No, let me stop. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I just think it's important for us to be loving. Well, Michael, what does love look like? Love looks I'm glad you like asked. <laughs> I was sipping soda. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what is it? You know, I'm quite sure you know this. What is it in, uh, I think it's in Corinthians that talks about love. Love is patient. Yes, love First is. Corinthians 13. Love is patient. It's, love is kind. Yes. Love does not count transgressions yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, 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 <laughs> yes yes say that part again love does not count transgressions because lord i would be in trouble Ooh. if anybody counted my if Ooh, you wait. counted my transgressions for the day i'm out the box <laughs> today the last <laughs> hour <laughs> right. you mean? my yeah. life coach love mcpherson her name is love for real she talks about what it is your love can cover because anybody you encounter is going to have whatever their set of issues is you have to figure out, can your love cover it? Doesn't mean you don't love them. It's just like, eh, I probably can't live with that. <laughs> you know, whatever, whatever that looks like for you. And so if I'm loving over it, I'm not counting it. Exactly. I'm not going to throw it in your face, whether that's a platonic relationship or, you know, an amorous one, to borrow your word from two weeks ago. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, how can I help you through, you know, whatever it is you're dealing with? In a way that helps you but doesn't damage me in the process. Absolutely. Because that, that's that's what I think. Mm-mm, I was just. Oh. <laughs> she was just. Oh, okay. I use my hands <laughs> when I talk. I thought Miss Otto was about to chime in. And I, I just was going to make sure in, I said that so she could. All I wanted to us. say was. Right. Thank you. All I wanted to say was we need to remember to love ourselves first. Yep. Yes. If Charity we cannot love ourselves, then how can I love you? Absolutely. And I, I think that is what is missing um, on social media when I have the privilege or dishonor or <laughs> dishonor. circumstances. D- depending <laughs> on what's happening, right? right? <laughs> of, of seeing the way that we engage one another, um, it makes me cringe. It, it really is so toxic that I need a break. Mm-hmm. Like, because I 
it's easy to begin like I don't watch these videos of black people being slaughtered in particular, but I'm not going to watch a video of no human being be slaughtered and know that that human being and their family is not going to get justice. I'm not doing it. That's a trauma to me. Sure. To see someone's life unjustly taken and to add insult to the injury of the loss, there is no one held accountable for that. That's absolutely absurd. I can't do that. So just like I don't engage that, I don't engage where we are not being whole and wholesome and Mm -hmm. respectful Mm -hmm. of a divergent opinion. Do we not know how to do that with several master's degrees and PhDs? You know, I mean, it's, I wonder, you know, we sometimes we take so much and pride ourselves so much on what's on paper, but what's in our heart. So we have degrees on walls, but what's in our heart? I love it. I I just don't get it. Aisha? I can't even say anything to that. I mean, I think that's (laughs) a good spot to end, honestly. (laughs) I I appreciate you both coming on the show and uh, sharing your ideas. Uh, Three episodes of what it is black men and women want and need from each other. I think we've had a lot of topics. And, of course, this is something that we could talk about ad nauseum. Ad nauseum. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But, obviously, you know, we only got a few 30-minute episodes. But I do invite you guys back whenever you have an opportunity. I I feel like y'all need y'all on the show. But (laughs) you've been listening to TLC Talk Radio's Tasha Talks with Z. Don't forget to follow us on all social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and of course YouTube and catch us every day on TLCTalkRadio.com. We'll catch you next week.